0: All right, hello there, and welcome to uh, Rockets Pockets, this chilly 7th of March 2021. I said on a previous podcast that you are not likely to learn anything from me. Well, this installment will once again show me that I've been wrong. Today, today on Rockets Pockets, I have two members of the LGBTQ community to answer a few of your questions and a few of uh, mine, and hopefully between all, all of us together, we can spread some understanding and uh, just simple decency towards each other. So, with further, without further ado, ladies, please tell us—tell us who you are. Start with I'm, you, Karen. Uh,
1: Karen. yeah, I'm Karen Reid. Um, I am a five years into retirement after 37 years of um, serving my country in the Canadian Armed Forces. I'm out here in BC, living the dream, enjoying retirement as much as I can.
0: Well done.
2: I'm Nikki
0: Colting. I'm Steve's niece, and I'm a student at McEwen University.
2: Yay for Nikki.
0: Yay. (laughs) The rest of you just get to hear my voice. Nikki actually gets to see me face to face occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just face it, Nikki was a bitch in another life, and now she's being punished in this one by being related to me. So that's (laughs) how that happened. So uh, the first question we'll get into, we might as well hit the ground running, is why do you guys get a whole month to celebrate? In other words, why do you get Pride Month? So my take on it, as my as I said, I'll heterosexual minds man explain it to you both, is uh the month isn't meant to celebrate anybody's sexuality. Nobody celebrates something they don't accomplish, at least very few people do. Pride is more about gaining equal rights, uh, or achieving equal rights, but with many of the uh news stories about uh Gays, LGBTQ people being beaten just for holding hands or dressing differently. There's a lot of work to be done yet. So that flag represents not a sexuality, but a struggle of the rights they gained and the rights that are still to come. Would you agree with that, ladies? What did I miss?
1: No, I think it's. Uh, I think you're bang on, Steve. It's uh, for me, Pride is a. It's a global month of action and celebration which brings uh, a real educational component to it, bringing people together from all walks of life. And uh, it has one thing in common. It's the it's, it's desire to see everyone treated equally, regardless of sexuality, race, gender identity, religion, or any other uh, label that might be used as an excuse to um, compromise basic human rights.
0: Yeah, so that all those colors represent everybody.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: Nikki?
2: Karen really explained it really well. Pride is also a time to talk about everyone else who still doesn't have the uh, equality of rights in their countries that they're living in because Pride is a global month.
0: Well, you would expect Karen to get it right because she is an elder. And,
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Elder isn't just a
0: (laughs) crack at her being old. Well, older. Well,
1: I, If I'm an elder, then you should be respecting me there, Steve. Absolutely. (laughs)
0: And that turns us over to Nikki, because she can explain why elder is a term of respect.
2: Mm -hmm. It's a term of respect used to anyone who lived before they had equal rights. Because you really paved the way for us to have, my generation to have the rights for marriage and equality.
0: Well, Karen was responsible for cavemen stopping, uh, dragging their, their wives into the caves by their hair.
1: What did you say me <laughs> i <laughs> I didn't hear that
0: I said you are an elder, in fact you go back you back go back so far as you were responsible for the uh rights of cave women of being stopped dragged into their cave by their cavemen
1: right okay <laughs> <laughs> no all right comment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> see you can't you can't make me do exercises anymore, so we're good to go so with that with that swipe at K- that Karen. Good natured as it is, uh, both Nikki and I were um, watching the documentary called The Fruit Machine, which Karen had uh, spoke about the last time we spoke, and it was simply horrendous that that Canadians would treat other Canadians in in a in a manner more befitting a uh, third world country rather than a first world developing developed nation like Canada. Was the treatment of gays was just abhorrent. So I guess my first question is to you, Karen. How did the fruit, as you as, and this no joke, you are older, and uh, how did discrimination <laughs> affect you as a uh, gay before you came out?
1: Um, well, I was a late bloomer in that I didn't come out until I didn't know I was gay until I joined the military. So, um, um. So, back in 1985 was when I joined the the regular force. And, of course, homosexuality wasn't uh, allowed in the military at that point. So, um, yeah. So, I was never interrogated by the SIU, thank goodness, because uh, I know many of my friends were. And um, The Fruit Machine, you you watched the documentary last night. So, yeah. walk into my world that's the way it was when I was in the forces so. so did you
0: live with a fear of being found out
1: yeah yeah and every what, day what, what every would the day. results
0: of you being found out have been pardon me what would uh, the results of you being found out and labeled as gay what would that have meant to you and your I career? would
1: have been I would have been uh, thrown out of the military
0: for the simple fact so. that uh, you were attracted to women
1: I'm sorry, I didn't hear you again, Steve. Sorry
0: for the simple fact that you were in, you were simply uh, attracted to other women. You had been kicked out of the yeah. forces.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, because then, I, you know, as the fruit machine depicted, it, I was considered a security risk because I was gay. So, um, so the military created this rule to a rule to um, Make who I am as wrong, and then they punish me because you know I have this secret, and therefore i'm a security risk, so it's a bit of a form of gaslighting, I guess if you want to call it that
0: well you were c- security risk not only because you were uh, gay or homosexual it was because um you were also a deviant you weren't you weren't thinking yeah. as a normal human being
1: apparently yeah apparently um I could be blackmailed if uh, I was, you know, taken by spies or the enemy type of thing. So I could be blackmailed. So that's why I was a security risk. So if they simply let me come out and be who I am, then I'd be no longer a security risk. Exactly.
0: And this went on until, well, the early 90s. It wasn't officially sanctioned and it was stopped, I think, before it actually did stop. Um, the uh, military police, the uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police especially, the SIU were involved in, uh, they continued to uh, seek out gays in the military even after the uh, order came down to stop it, or the, before before uh, when gay was no longer recognized as a crime.
1: Mm-hmm. What did yeah, you take- I think it was around 95, I think, when it uh, sort of became legal, I guess if you want to call it that.
0: Yeah, more, well, they they normalized it by legalizing it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Jesus. What did you take away from the film, Nikki? You are what, 24, 25?
2: I'm 24. I thought the how people were treated was absolutely barbaric, and I thought it was really ridiculous. After all these cases were completed, they never found any case that anyone was actually blackmailed as well.
0: Yeah, there were mm-hmm. no security risks uh, found out even though they ruined, well, dozens of people's lives. They never give an exact number in the uh, documentary, but um, if 10% of the population is, uh, is uh, homosexual or gay, then, you know, and you apply those numbers to the military, surely to God that must have affected dozens and dozens of lives.
1: Well, if you just, you know, if you watch the documentary and you listen to the people who were interrogated and and thrown out of the military, their lives changed dramatically after that, the experience that they went through. So, you know, they would take people away to an undisclosed area, shove them in a room with a light sort of shining in their eyes and and asking questions about their sex lives and, and are you attracted uh, to women or men or whatever? And, and then, then they're, they're, I don't know they're just left there with what the hell just happened?
0: Well, people lost their jobs, were unable to become hired because they were uh, discharged from the military in less than honorable, um, honorable conditions. So that made life mm-hmm. on Civvy Street that much more difficult. Uh, the one guy, I recall, became homeless uh, after the uh, investigation because um, mm-hmm. he couldn't get a job, couldn't pay his bills. His family rejected him. Uh, it was mm-hmm. it was just completely abhorrent to anybody who's well, a decent human being, you know, um, which which ties into uh, your own experiences as it's coming out. You, Karen, said that you didn't know that you were um, uh, a that you were gay at the time before you came out and and why, why is that?
1: Um, well, I think, you know, I come from a generation where it was, um, expected that you get married and, uh, settle down and have children and stuff like that. And so, um, when I, when I joined the military or the reg force, I, um, like I said, I didn't know I was gay until I met my first girlfriend, and um, you know, throughout my childhood, I guess I often had boyfriends, and it was almost like it was. Um, I looked for the chase in looking for boyfriends. So once I had that boyfriend, then I I wasn't interested anymore.
0: You know what? And know then.
1: It. What's that?
0: You didn't know what to do with him. You just tossed him aside.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're it a was, cruel, cruel I woman. think it was just the overall um, adrenaline rush, I guess, for chasing this guy and finally getting a hold of him and then throwing him away. <laughs> <later>. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> and I never, really <laughs> I never really understood why I was so excited about that. but um, And it wasn't until I joined the military and, and like I said, met my first girlfriend and the moment she told me that she was gay, um, then I knew, and then the rest is history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it, it's, it's a story that's still, whenever I hear it, it's still a surprise and amazes me because I've always known that I liked women. You know, there was never any question of, mm-hmm. of being attracted to other men. I mean, of course I could uh, identify an attractive man or, or whatever. I didn't because, well, I'm a guy and uh, we don't do that sort of thing, apparently. Um, but but growing up, there was most guys I speak to who say they're homosexual, say they were uh, um, known from an early age that they were gay, although they might not have known the terminology. They knew that there was something different. Is that your experience, mm-hmm. Nikki? So, I kind of knew at an early age that
2: I like girls. I didn't know that later on that I liked people that were trans way later till like high school and university. But initially I found out because in middle school, all the girls would sit together at lunch or at recess and they talk about which boys they like. And I didn't like any of the boys, but I thought many of the girls I was sitting with were very attractive. But I never said that because I didn't want to be that weird kid out.
0: Right. So you didn't join the boys in chasing the girls around the schoolyard kind of thing.
2: No, I don't know if you remember what it's like to be a boy at that age, but old boys are gross.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they, and they smell. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, I have upon occasion been rather gross and smelly myself. Still, I think I'm offended. Put that down in the, I'm offended Mm -hmm. column, Nikki. And nobody gives a shit. All right. Yeah. So, you you came out to your family uh, as a whole, Karen?
1: Um, I didn't come out to my family until years later. Um, probably around 1990, I think, was when I came out to my family. My father had already passed away by that time, so um, uh, when I came out to my brother one of my brothers he was fine with it and uh natural fact when i told him i remember the night where he when i told him he just basically gave me this big old bear hug and it was to the point it was so long that i kept pushing him away because it was too long of a hug (laughs) (laughs) so he took it well my mother on the other hand did not take it well
0: why what was her issue with it
1: um, she um when I told her, she basically um called me every name in the book and in fact um we didn't speak for about nine or ten months or close to a year. Um and my mom was my sort of my best friend and so that really um was hard on me because I wasn't able to talk to her. And um b- because basically I said, you know, if you know, if she can't accept me for who I am, then, you know, I met I may as well just be out of her life altogether. So eventually we got back talking and uh, she never really fully accepted it. Um, but um, you know, it is what it is. It was it was not a good scene.
0: It's unfortunate. Unfortunate yeah. it doesn't really cover it I suppose. Now you mentioned you had mm-hmm. another brother who didn't didn't take it as well or
1: no, my other brother took it well, and um, and ironically, my whole family was uh, military. So um, uh, that was something in itself because I don't think they realized what I went through in the military as far as being gay. So I,
0: I don't think anybody really, as a as a non-LGBTQ, as a as a breeder, you might say. Um, I don't. I don't think anybody really realized, or the general the general population of the military. Surely, to God, most people didn't realize what was going on the persecution against LGBTQ in the military. Um, I, 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 at least, I can't imagine that many people remaining silent over over such outrageous treatment.
1: I'm not sure people fully understood what was going on when the siu were investigating gay people i don't think the average military person understood like the fruit machine and 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 what went on and why it was the security risk i'm i don't think people understood that
0: no and nikki i know some of your coming out story but uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing it with the rest of us how did your coming out to the family go
2: so I kind of had to come out to the family in stages. Originally, I just came out to my mom and she paused for a minute and she said, I'm always going to love you and accept you, but I just need a minute to process this. I was, I think maybe I was 13 or 14 when I came out to her, just pretty young. And then after I moved in with my dad, after I graduated high school, I came out to him and he was really, really shocked and, and automatically denied that and said, I'm just going through a phase and whatnot. And there wasn't really the option for me not to talk to them because I was living with them, so we had to keep talking. <laughs> but it's just something that we don't talk about because whenever it comes up, it's a very awkward conversation, so it's just something we don't talk about now.
0: Well, and and again, as I mentioned in previous conversation, um, most of us don't talk about the sexuality of our parents, but being being LGBTQ, I'd imagine, it is important to come out to your family as homosexual or, or, you know, whatever term you want to put on it. Um,
2: I wish it was kind of normalized so that mm-hmm. we didn't have to come up to people. It would just be like something that just happened. Like you never had to come out to Baba about being straight. No. <laughs> or had to, yeah. have to talk with her that you like girls.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. It was, but it was always assumed. You know, nobody. Um, yeah. No, Nobody brought up. I don't remember a conversation sitting around my grandparents' table Or a family gathering and anybody talking about um, LGBTQ issues or LGBTQ period. Because it just was in the background. It wasn't something anybody really talked about. And if it did come up, it was mentioned in whispers. Did you hear about so-and-so's son, you know, or so-and-so's daughter? And this was... Go ahead.
1: No, you finished? These,
0: I lost my train of thought, so (laughs) carry on, Karen.
1: Sorry. Okay. Um, I I can remember my father when I was a young girl um, saying that gay people were sick and that they needed help and treatment and stuff like that. And I can always remember that and thinking, well, why why do they need help? But not understanding that I was gay myself.
0: You <laughs> didn't feel like you he needed help? No. No. And why would you? You know, you just going through life kind of thing.
1: Well, I'm a, uh, I'm a decent human being. I'm not in trouble with the law. I'm not in trouble with drugs or alcohol or anything like that. You know, I'm a, I'm a decent human being.
0: Well, I would agree with that. I'd like to give you a little shot oh. there, but hey, I definitely agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I
1: like to think, I like to think I am. How's that?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I would support you in, in that, uh, that statement. You are good people um
1: except for when you made me do burpees and, then then <laughs> that's when i got really upset and then, burpees are fucking awful
0: and then you were like every <laughs> other woman that i've dated i've always gotten the glare <laughs> i recognize <laughs> <Yeah>. the glare <laughs> uh, yep Had i only known had i not made my dates do burpees they wouldn't give me the glare
1: <laughs> oh yeah i was giving you the glare while i was doing the burpees
0: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, you and many others but on to uh, Nikki again for a second. Um, so you uh, you're unique in my my perspective, Nikki, because uh, you taught me a new uh, new word, pansexual. You identify as a pansexual, and uh, when I was looking up pansexual, as you were looking up general general gender fluidity, um, I thought pansexual is kind of just bisexual, but it's not. It's much more than that, isn't it? Yes, it
2: is. So, I'm not really attracted to any specific gender. I'm willing to, dra- to date anyone under the spectrum, whether they're straight, lesbian, trans, or non-binary. It doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is, like, a person's attitude and just, like, their personality and gender. I find that more attractive than physical looks.
0: So, not all boys are icky then? then. No. <laughs> okay, well. it's good to know there's a few boys <laughs> No, Karen You're not waiting in on this one uh, So You came out to your families uh, You came out in, in the 90s, you said, uh, Karen? Uh,
1: well, I came out to my family around 90s, yeah
0: And when did you fully come out to the military?
1: Well, when it was... Um, when it was um, sort of allowed, I guess, or same-sex benefits came into play around 95. But even then, um, I was still hesitant in coming out to people within the military, especially um, my supervisors or, or whatever. So I was very hesitant and very leery on who I told. So,
0: And, uh, and I don't blame you. And for anybody out there who's listening to this, Mom and uh, the two or three others that might be there. If you haven't watched The Fruit Machine, look Google it and uh, it, choose the uh, TVO uh option. Uh, it's an extended version, it's like an hour and 20 minutes or something. I actually watched it twice yesterday. Um, it's it's just I, I, I'm beyond words on how to describe it. I, I can't find anything good in it other than the fact that. Some people, an apology that was made by uh, Trudeau and the Liberal government years later was something that was not only overdue, and and you might question what good an apology might do years later, but when when the Trudeau government gave that apology to uh, LGBTQ uh, Canadians, uh, to many of them, at least in the fruit machine, it was an appreciated thing. And I'm sure across... uh, Mm -hmm across the world. I mean, I, I felt better after hearing the apology, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it was just amazing that even after legalization of, and it seems so crazy to say legalization of, uh, yeah, LGBTQ, yeah. um, that you still were hesitant to, uh, tell your bosses about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, d- I
1: just felt, you know, it's, was, it was no one's business, I guess. And, uh, um, I just, like I said, because of the way that we were treated back then, um, yeah, it was very much, uh, hesitation on my part to actually let people into my life and to let them know who I was. But eventually that sort of hesitation went away and, um, I was able to marry my, my beloved right now. And so, um, with that, um, I was able to get the same sex benefits um, that, you know, heterosexual couples got, you know, like so for that moves was all great. Whatnot. Pardon?
0: Like paying for moves on postings and things like that.
1: Paying for moves, yeah, exactly. Um, um, public service, health care plan, things like that. So it was all good.
0: Well, you, you said it in there that, you know, whose business was it anyway? and And it's yeah, nobody's exactly. bloody business, and um pro Pierre Trudeau or not, when he said uh, the state has no place in the business in in the uh bedrooms of the uh of the country, I mean it was mm-hmm. dead on it's no what two consenting adults are doing in or three some or four some whatever they're doing in in their bedrooms is none of yeah. our business you know they're not they're well, not harming we- children or animals or whatever. It's a normal yeah. part of the spectrum and piss off to anybody who thinks otherwise.
1: <laughs> well, even I think it was Diefenbaker who was um, said that it was against human rights uh, for this kind of interrogation to go on. So,
0: Right. Well, Diefenbaker, you're right, he was a lawyer and uh, yeah. he questioned what was going on, but he ended up sort of caving into the. Uh, the apparatus and saying, well, if you think there's Mm -hmm. security risk, then I suppose we should at least have a look at it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he, he probably went almost as far as Trudeau did in, in, in questioning the, the right, right, right or wrong of it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What about you, uh, Nikki?
2: The whole documentary to me really seems like a barbaric witch hunt, because again, they had no business prying into what you were doing in your personal lives. There's one part of the documentary that made me laugh, though, is when they mentioned that the RCMP officer would come into the bar and sit with a newspaper up. Like, how stupid (laughs) could you be? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he blended right in. (laughs) Yeah. So I I guess discrimination, I I mentioned uh, Ellen the last time we spoke, and she came out in 97 or something like that. I do have it written down here somewhere. Um, yeah, she came out in, on 30th of April, 1997. And at the time it was a big to do, like people, people were still shocked that somebody is gay. And this was in 1997 for Christ's sakes. This is within all of our lifetimes, lifetimes. So I I feel
2: like Ellen really brought things to like a more mainstream audience. Yeah, exactly. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Didn't endure her, endear her to a lot of the mainstream audience. I remember there being boycotts of her show, and her career was put on hold for quite some time before she made a comeback. Um, and this was a long way from the Stonewall riots in uh, in um, New York, and which ended up flaring up stateside. That was in 1969, sometime. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so you would think that from. Uh, 28th of June 1969, when the Stonewall riots started as a as a response to police raids on a, on the Stonewall Inn, which was a uh, gay hangout in New York. Um, you would think that there would there wouldn't be such a shock. I mean, the struggle for gay rights has been going on longer since 1969. It just became more militant in '69, and to have someone mainstream like Ellen come out and say she was uh, a lesbian. It's again, it's dumbfounding that that would be an issue, that she would suffer loss of sponsorship um, affecting her career. Um, it just it's just amazing, I'm gobsmacked
1: mm-hmm. Well, we've certainly seen a lot of change since uh, the Stonewall riots. Um, we've seen many countries who have legalized same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're slowly educating other countries and people, about what acceptance looks like.
0: Yes, but they're still executing gays in uh, many countries.
1: Yeah, they are.
0: So, and and these are... So, go ahead.
2: Supposedly, there's death camps in Chechnya for people that are gay. Then they're being deportated from countries like Russia and other parts of, of the surrounding area and brought to it, that country.
0: It wouldn't surprise me. I mean... If my military service has taught me nothing, it's how inhumane we can be to other humans. Um,
1: well, it's not just the, the LGBTQ community; we're we're <laughs> we're not kind to human race in total. So,
0: yeah, well, that that's what I mean. Um, yeah, we can be extremely cruel to. To, to each other, no matter what the sexual uh yeah. difference is, yeah. and if you throw in something like a sexual difference, well, that just gives people all the more reason to jump on the bandwagon so to speak, and beat mm-hmm. up some guy who's wearing a dress you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: if I got beat up in all the times I was found wearing a dress, I'd be in a story story state <laughs> 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 I'll just leave that there. There's no reason to know why I was in a dress all those times, <laughs> but I was in the dress. <laughs> I'd lost a couple of bets. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So how would you, Nikki, describe the evolution of of, uh, gay rights as you know it?
2: So based on what I know about LGBTQ history is that Stonewall was a big kicking off point that really brought people together as a community. But I know even before then there was three pride parades in the state. And then there's always been trying to be like a, a regular pride event of some type every year. And I know if someone was arrested, people would try and show up at a courthouse for support. Or if someone was murdered, and the community would just try and be together despite differences.
0: Yeah, well, for a long is-
2: time, and like for a long time in the LGBTQ history, trans people were kind of like the left behind, forgotten stone of the community for a long time as well.
0: Yeah. And uh from my understanding they they still are to some degree um, especially men, homosexual men who dress as women, um they're looked upon they're looked down upon in parts of the gay community because they can't decide whether they want to be a man or a woman, and apparently this is an issue uh, which considering these people are gay or lesbian themselves, why and have experienced hostility or discrimination to have that that nitpicky little, uh, thing be an issue within their community is is again a little outrageous They kind of shoot themselves in the foot with the equal rights thing um and Canada was a little late to the dance I mean Stonewall happened in 69 and and in Toronto the police police were raiding uh bathhouses in in 81 and that kind of pushed the country into going hey why are we uh you know arresting our you know brothers and fathers and sisters and everybody else um for just being who they are and it, it took canada mm-hmm. a little while but i mean i think we advanced much quicker than the u.s did i mean i think we're having there's obviously some discrimination against the lbgtq community um in in from my perspective it's mm-hmm. it's worse in the states than it is in canada we seem to have picked up the flag so to speak and said um this is normal let's get on with life who cares what these people yeah. are doing yeah there's certainly not deviance
2: It's kind of funny you say that because not too long ago, Edmonton had some pride sidewalks painted and there was a huge contest about that. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were upset that we were getting a simple sidewalk that was painted Mm -hmm. rainbow.
0: You had that same experience in Peachland, eh, Karen?
1: Yeah, exactly. We got a a rainbow sidewalk and uh, the uh, comments and the nastiness that came out uh, from some people were just incredible. But yet there was... So a lot more support um, for the rainbow sidewalk, and uh, um, it's great. It's it's a beautiful thing.
0: <laughs> and what's what's the population of the area you live in, Karen?
1: In Peachland, five thousand.
0: So it's definitely a small place where everybody knows everybody, sort of thing.
1: Well, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you know, it's who's- a beautiful
1: place. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, I know. I know. In in downtown Pembroke, the first time they put down a uh, pride flag at uh, at the crosswalk, it caused the same same uproar as it did in your your part of the country. There, well, Karen and Nikki. Um, at one point, people were spinning their tires over the rainbow flag, blackening it and. It was it's just ridiculous. So the next next year they got better paint, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the the flag lasted much longer. And it they didn't seem to have idiots you know burning their tires over it anymore. Uh, just just mind boggling. So Ellen definitely. We had
1: sorry. We had one. We had one gentleman. Um, there's a Facebook uh, group called Peachland Neighbors, and uh, so when someone posted a picture of the rainbows. Uh, sidewalk on this uh, Facebook page, we had one gentleman say, oh, I'm going to let my dog defecate all over the, the, uh, the sidewalk and not pick it up and just walk away. <laughs> just,
0: just petty bullshit like that. Why, why uh, do you need to make your, make your neighbor's life any more difficult than it already is? Don't, don't I we know. all have our own struggles? Yeah. I, I, I was in a, uh, you, uh, you didn't mention Uganda this time, did you, Karen? Or You, you didn't go to Uganda, I think, because of uh, discrimination.
1: I did not go to Uganda. No, my wife and I were supposed to go on a trip to Uganda, and then uh, uh, we saw this article uh, a few weeks before we were to leave saying that they were killing um, mostly gay men um, and that they still had this law i guess that would um they could arrest and kill gay people and this was happening like in 19 in 2020 so we decided not to go to uganda because we didn't want to be spending our gay dollars in a country that didn't accept us
0: yeah well, they'd accept your money no doubt after mm-hmm. after beheading you and stealing it, I suppose
1: yeah exactly and that's probably one reason why we try not to even go down into the states because there are some states that don't uh, uh, recognize us for being um, people and so we won't we won't spend our gay dollars in a country no matter if it's the us or even Canada you know uh, we won't spend our gay dollars there
0: no and and good on you. Do you have a, do you have a uh, example of that, Nikki?
2: A comment that always makes me laugh when like something anti LGBT comes up is there's always someone saying, you're pushing your gay agenda. No, <laughs> I was no, going to bring yeah, that up today Good to bring that up. we're out. queer and we're here and that's not going to change. <laughs> yeah.
0: What is your agenda? Yeah, that, that kills me. Um, yeah. Well, it's the same as my heterosexual agenda, I suppose. Meet people, love them, and uh, carry on with life. Sounds like a solid agenda to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was I going to get into? Oh, I had visited Serbia, and uh, they'd recently had a, uh, I had friends in Serbia, which I met in uh, Borden, actually. They were on a year-long English course. Uh, a couple of us hit it off really well, and they said, well, if you're ever in Serbia... And so I made sure I was in Serbia, and I was there for a few weeks... Um, Visited some great people overall, met some really wonderful people, and I went out for supper with uh w- with one of the guys in his, that I met in Borden and his wife. His wife is a bit of a nationalist um, and Serbian nationalism is not always a pretty thing, <laughs> nor is nationalism in a lot of countries but we we got on about talking about uh the the gay pride and he was disgusted by it, but she was she was most uh vocal. And she said, well, "They should be getting beat up. Why are they marching in the streets?" And I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to stay re- there. I'm guests in their home, so I'm trying to be um, polite. <laughs> and I, uh, so I'm mm-hmm. saying, "How long did women have to march before they had equal rights? How long did blacks have to march before they had equal rights?" And people were beating them up, including the women. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm this is this is not something that's new. It's something that needs to be addressed. And if people would just accept people for who they are, you know, yeah. you being a homosexual doesn't affect me. Um, it doesn't affect me if you're looking after my children. It doesn't affect me in any way whatsoever, except that you're another human being and you should be treated as a decent human being until you prove otherwise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So... Yeah, I'm beyond that. I'm still... Well,
1: Go ahead. It's like a post I put on my Facebook page. Um, someone you know is gay. Someone you know is bi. Someone you know is transgender. Maybe even someone you love. So think before you speak hate.
0: Yes. Yeah. I can give you big props for that. I think I raised my hands yeah. up in the air for that. I'm not sure what the kids yeah. are doing today, Nikki.
2: <laughs>
0: hmm? <laughs> try to stay with us Nikki. are we boring you <laughs> i said <laughs> no
2: i'm just having a hard time <laughs> hearing you i'm sorry
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'll speak up a little bit um we'll, we'll just move on from whatever that last one was about so con conversion therapy which the uh which the documentary um brought up yesterday as well the, the fruit machine. Um, one of these, one of the questions asked of the guy was, "Would you um, uh, accept um, uh, not healing? Uh, would you accept treatment?" And he's going, "There's nothing wrong with me. I wouldn't accept treatment." So, which brings us into the gay conversion uh, therapy, which was in Ontario wasn't banned until 2015, and in some provinces, gay conversion is still accepted. Except not for minors. All all provinces and territories, as far as I know, uh, ban the practice of uh, conversion therapy for uh, minors. But adults apparently can still undergo it. So thoughts on gay conversion or conversion therapy?
2: Alberta banned it here, I think, in 2018. Maybe like it was also like a very recent thing that it was banned.
0: Was it banned outright, or was it just banned for minors?
2: I think it was banned outright.
0: Yeah, I I, I couldn't find uh, find it yesterday in my brief search, but uh I know it's banned as, at least uh, to minors. And it's absolutely it's in, another inhumane and brutal treatment. Like it's just how the hell do they expect that to to positively uh, out, have a positive outcome? It makes no sense to me.
1: Well, I just think it's it's barbaric. Um, uh, there's a lot of harm that is done by conversion therapy. Something like, uh, I don't know, more 8.4% uh, uh, are likely to re- uh, report attempted suicide. There's high levels of depression. There's more use of illegal drugs. And uh, it just goes on and on. So uh, I don't know how... People can think that by going through conversion therapy is going to change your sexual orientation or your gender expression. It's ridiculous.
0: And and why why is it only a gender conversion or a sexual conversion from homosexuality? Why aren't we converting heterosexuals? I mean, that, there's a yeah. gay agenda for you. Start uh, start converting <laughs> heterosexual men by gay or heterosexual men by heterosexual conversion. And uh, see what happens. See how many more men yeah. are homosexual. It's just...
1: <laughs> them up, hook them up to the fruit machine. <laughs> yeah, well, it's
0: just out, uh, incredible. If you hooked a bunch of heterosexuals up to the fruit machine or to, uh, you know, send them to a gay uh, heterosexual conversion camp saying your heterosexuality is not who you are, we're making you gay. <laughs> like it just it just <laughs> wouldn't happen, but yet they can yeah. take they can take a homosexual or or whatever member of the LGBTQ uh, um, community and say, well, we can we can fix you. Well, you're not mm-hmm. fucking broke, people. <laughs> you know yeah. they're just on that line. You're on, you're yeah. on the line of human sexuality that not everybody else is standing on. There's a whole bunch of us over on the side going. It's a small group of very colorfully dressed people. Uh, you know, why don't we talk to mm-hmm. them? That, that doesn't happen. It's mm-hmm. it's just outrageous. There, oh, my meds are kicking in. I'm much calmer now. <laughs> 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 so what what else do you want to bring up?
1: Um, I just want to say uh, about the fruit machine. I think... Um, I think the actual machine was displayed at the War Museum in um, in Ottawa. I'm not sure if it's still there, but I think at one point it was there. So it'd be interesting to see um, what it looks like. So,
0: Yeah, and some of the questions asked, and again, uh, if you people haven't seen the fruit machine, I urge you to watch it. Um, whether mm-hmm. you have gay relatives or gay yourself, or just a decent human being who wants to learn about inhumane treatment of our our own our own citizens, watch the fruit mm-hmm. machine. Uh, I like I said, I watched it twice yesterday. My jaw was open for pretty much the whole time.
1: Well, what amazed me the most, uh, Steve, was that the fact that towards the end of the documentary, uh, the women who were interrogated. If they could, they'd go back into the military. Yeah. Even after all they went through.
0: Yeah. Well, you you find it's similar to guys with uh, PTSD. Most of the guys I've talked to with PTSD, and I've spoken to quite a few now, um, they would do it all over again. You Mm -hmm. know, despite maybe the shitty treatment they received from their their superiors, um, you know, the perceived... um, Crap way they got handled in the medical system, and the medical systems dropped the ball, no doubt on a few people um but despite all of the suffering they went through, they would go back and
1: mm-hmm.
0: to to hear hear these people who were were uh, tortured in some cases i mean not not mm-hmm. physical torture but certainly mental abuse yeah. who would say, "Yeah, I'd do it all again, like yeah. hands up, kudos to them because I don't think I'd have the mm-hmm. spine for that kind of thing
1: hmm
0: yeah freaking amazing
2: yeah I was absolutely heartbroken in the documentary when the guy went in to see his superior officer and he ripped up the promotion in his face and said you're not going to get this where you're going that absolutely destroyed me on the inside
0: that was absolutely cruel
2: yeah <laughs>
1: that was, that was a... welcome to my world yeah and or what what was my world
0: and every time I've made a shitty gay joke or you know I remember one girl she used to be bugged by being she she was very butch and I teased her and said you're a lesbian I said fuck I watched this thing and I said I was part of that you know not to that not to that degree but I was stupid enough to have said something like that and it's just Mm -hmm. it's shameful Um, Mm -hmm. so I'd like to find that girl again and apologize (laughs) but because I was just being a dick for being a dick So I, I I don't know you know why? I mean, it doesn't come from, it, I'm not a malicious person. I was just trying to tease her, but it was, it was malicious, whether I realized it or not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're listening out there, sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't, don't know where to, I'm not going to follow that up anymore because it just makes me too much of a dick that I don't want to face up to it.
1: Yeah. And don't that, be a dick. That, that's, that's how we're going to end up on this
0: one. Don't be a dick. We're going to get t-shirts t- for the next pride parade and, write them up. Don't be a dick. Um, so gay prejudice, I think we've covered it pretty, pretty thoroughly and it happens. There's just no two ways about it. Um, and I, as I was, I thought I'd write down a few simple notes there yesterday, but as I was, as I'd watched it and watched the documentary, just more and more stuff came out. Um, so we've covered how you came out how it how do you know you're gay oh one one of the there is such a thing as stupid questions, and one of the questions I've heard quite frequently is who do you know who's who's a woman in the in the uh relationship or who's a man in the relationship and <laughs> that that always it's always struck me as how stupid are you? they're both women or they're both men. Why can't you accept the fact that none of them has to, be, has to be a uh, woman or have, you know, their feminine characteristics, so they must be the woman. That's not how it works. They're just two freaking people.
1: Well, Steve, this, this question sort of gets me all riled up because <clears throat> I don't know of any gay relationship uh, of who plays the man and who plays the woman. I think each couple defines or negotiates their role in the relationship for instance, my wife and I um, I do certain chores in the house and she does the others. Yeah. Because I don't like cooking. Kim cooks. Yeah. Kim doesn't like vacuuming, I vacuum. So, you know, it's 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 an outdated way of defining um, a gay relationship in well, a heterosexual way.
0: Yeah, we seem to need labels for everything. Mm-hmm. And- Sometimes you can label things wrong Mm -hmm. and it's it's time to sort that out. What other, what other foolish questions have you heard over the years?
1: How do you know you're gay?
0: (laughs) See, that's Mm -hmm. a question. (laughs) And
1: my response, because I remember this being asked of me once and I just turned around and said, well, how do you know you're straight?
0: Yeah. Well, I've had the conversation as well. And what you were saying?
1: And uh, basically, this person couldn't really say <laughs> she knew she was straight. You know, yeah. I think I caught her off guard, basically.
0: Yeah, well, I remember having a conversation that got heated with uh, with his, he was virulently uh, anti gay, and uh, the question c- comes came up with uh, you know how do you know they're gay or something or Along those lines, he said they, they've they've got to know. Uh, sure, they they know that they're gay, or at least eventually know that they're gay. Um, well, what what was the what was the trigger? He said they they can they can change if they wanted to. They can change. I think it was a oh, long gay conversion. That was it. And uh, they can change if they wanted to. I said. Rather crudely, I said, "When was the last time you wa- you stopped wanting to put a dick in your mouth?" <laughs> and, uh, he, he glared at me and he said, "I've never wanted to put a dick in my mouth. Well, there you go. Why are you yeah. Why are you labeling these people as 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 deviants when you yourself um accept the fact that you aren't a deviant? You know why mm-hmm. Why are these other people not normal to you?" Yeah, that was actually a good line. I wish I could remember the exact conversation. Yeah, But don't be a dick.
1: Don't be a dick. Nikki, have you been asked any silly questions? Not really
2: silly questions, because I expect those questions to come up if I'm talking to somebody,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: unfortunately. But I've heard a really ignorant comment a couple times over the years from men where they think that, lesbians are always going to be virgins because they've never been with a man, and that really pisses me off. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: I do know lesbians that have never been with a man.
2: What was that? I said, I
0: do know lesbians that have never been with a man. Hello?
1: Hello? (laughs) Yeah, did you hear (laughs) me? I didn't catch that comment either, Steve. I said,
0: I've known lesbians that have never uh, slept with a man. They've had no desire to sleep with a man, which I I thought, well, wouldn't you want to try it? Really not?
1: No, I I know a lot of women that have not been with men, but they're still lesbian, and that's fine. Yeah, I don't don't have an issue with that. You don't need to be a man to realize that you're a you're a lesbian. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> you don't need to be a man to realize you're a lesbian.
1: Yeah, whatever I said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what you said. It was a little confusing, and I'm not even drinking yet this morning. I decided to do this completely sober.
1: (laughs) Well, Steve, you must be a lesbian because you love women. Yeah, I do. Mm, Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that makes me laugh about gay bars is sometimes straight guys go there to pick up girls because I guess in their mind that those girls aren't actually like lesbian or gay. And they're just there with their gay friends. Yeah. And there's always some dude who notices this, and then they'll go up against the straight guys and start making them feel uncomfortable, so they leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: What? I mean, what kind of guy? You must be really good at rejection if you're going to a gay bar to pick up women. You know, I mean, the, the, I was pretty good at rejection. Um, not because women shut me down all the time, but through my door-to-door sales, people would. Well, not so friendly, ask you to leave the property and things like that. So I, I got pretty good at rejection. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's because you were selling encyclopedias.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a brutal job. I was, uh, uh, the first night I was in Fort McMurray, which is, was a pretty rough town back in the day. And uh, it was the start of NHL season. And I walked up to this one door, the guy met me at the door of the German Shepherd and said, What the fuck do you want? Well, sir, I'm here to introduce you to this. Fine. Get the fuck off my property before my dog escorts you off. And the dog snarling behind the door. I'm going, yeah, have a nice night, sir. <laughs> but I, I made a... Uh, I made... This is the first night out. I get to a Newfie house. They invite me in for supper. Sure, why not? I'll have supper. We have a couple of drinks. Have supper, having a couple of beers. And Buddy ro- reaches behind him and he pa- pulls out a bag, bag of weed. And he starts rolling up joints. And I reluctantly uh take uh, part in this marijuana experience and uh <laughs> the uh
2: reluctantly the-
0: <laughs> hey <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to be the good guy in this year and there's knocks on the door and their neighbors and friends are coming in so there's like 6 or 7 couples here partying away and i'm wasted i had more beer and marijuana cigarettes in me than i uh needed and uh i made four sales that night so one of them fell through later on, but I, so three, I only counted for three. But I got back to the donut shop or the coffee shop, and the boss took one look at me and said, you had better made sales. <laughs> I had. It was pretty good. But anyways, that was a monkey. That was a rabbit hole. We didn't need to go down. Um, so we covered nature versus nurture kind of thing. Uh, silly questions. Gay conversion therapy. Oh, yeah, I got one, Nikki, since you're the most, you're the most um, actively, um, politically active, um, we spoke before about not letting police march in the, uh, the gay pride parades uh, and not have police in uniform uh, march. Why, why? in an organization that wants to be inclusive or claims to be so inclusive, won't they let cops march in the uh, the Pride parade? It seems to me wrong.
2: So, in my opinion, I believe that police officers should be able to come to Pride in their uniforms and march with us, same as anyone's in the military. I think that some of the aggression comes towards racial matters, and I also think that maybe an elder... Might have some issues with the RCMP showing up because of maybe some of the, the things that they went through, and it's just some old bad blood between the two communities.
0: Right. I mean, the cops have been known to crack a few skulls here and there, um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, these guys are no longer around in uniform. But you got the young, upcoming guys who are who are homosexual and are are in a, in a fairly masculine environment again. Um, as young guys coming out as part of a, as a pride protection pride protection, uh, as a pride member, you know, walking in a parade um, to give themselves confidence and to let others know, Hey, we're here. We're doing, doing the job that uh, is benefiting us all. You know, let's, let's let them march. It's it just, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just wrong to not let them march. Elder Karen, cool. do you have anything to say about that?
1: No, I agree. I don't understand why uh, uh, the police force are not able to march in pride. I mean, the military uh, marches in pride and they do so in uniform. So um, I think it's probably maybe it's just the history of the police force um, sort of against the LGBTQ community and they don't want anything to do with the police force. Marching in their parade, so I don't, I don't know what the what the issue is, but I think everybody who wants to march in the pride parade should be able to, and in uniform, like Absolutely. be proud of the uniform.
0: Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess any any last uh, last words you'd like to say in there? Start with you, Nikki.
1: Don't be a dick.
0: <laughs> don't be a dick. Good. You want to expand the words on?
1: right out of my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> don't be a dick. Oh, uh, no, just treat, just treat people as people with kindness. You know, there's yeah. too much hatred in this world today. And, uh, uh, to, uh, totally be against, uh, the LGBT community or black lives matter or whatever. is just like, you're a dick. Yeah. So don't be a dick.
0: So I, I would I would agree with that. Uh, I would say, if somebody wants to eat a dick, leave them alone. If you're interfering with that, <laughs> you're being a dick. <laughs> eat a dick, but don't be a dick. That's all I got to say yeah. on that one.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if it fucking makes you happy, go right ahead.
1: Exactly.
0: All right. Well, with those those uh, words. Ladies, just hang on to the line for a minute when I uh, do my spiel here, and when I hang up, don't hang up. Um, so, in summation, um, I can't I can't recommend enough uh, the uh, documentary, The Fruit Machine. It's a, it's eye opening, and for for those of you whether you're gay, heterosexual, um, pansexual, gender fluid, binary, and uh, everything else I've missed in that um
1: just, just gender
0: just gender just gender who whatever gender you are live your life as and allow others to live their lives don't interfere with what's not your bloody business um so we'll sum it up with don't be a dick um treat others as you'd like to be treated and uh, thanks guys for listening to rock is baucus and of course you can contact me or any of my guests through me at Copang at gmail.com. That's Sierra, Tango, Echo, Victor, Echo, Charlie, Kilo, Oscar, Papa, Papa, Alpha, November, Golf at gmail.com. Live life now, because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Be kind to each other out there, people, and don't be a dick.